listening to the First Community Podcast, where we talk about life and faith with our First Baptist family. I'm April Adams. And I'm Caroline Roberts. And today, Caroline, we're going to be talking about personal worship. Personal worship. What a topic. And what a vast topic. I was just about to say, there is so much underneath the umbrella of what is personal worship. Yeah, well, I've got a definition here, and maybe we can start with that. It's from one of my favorite books. It's Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. If you haven't read it, I fully recommend it. You can even find it in PDF form online if you don't want to buy the book. He says, To worship is to experience reality. To touch life. It is to know, to feel, to experience the resurrected Christ in the midst of the gathered community. It is a breaking into the Shekinah of God, or better yet, being invaded by the Shekinah of God. Mm. And Shekinah means the glory or radiance of God dwelling in the midst of his people. And it denotes an immediate presence of God opposed to a God who's abstract or aloof. Mm. So it means God is right here with us. We do not serve a God who just um, idly stands by. So would Shekinah be synonymous with the Spirit? Yeah, it's the Spirit, the Spirit being here and now, the presence of it. The presence of the Spirit Mm -hmm. here now in this Mm -hmm. place. Because people, when they hear Spirit, can think that Spirit's (laughs) out there. The ghost, the... <laughs> yes, and instead this means is is right here, is the here. indwelling of God. We, like, we don't think about that as Mm-mm. often as we should. I no. mean, I, I am aware that there is a Holy Spirit, that there is a God, the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. But I don't always recognize or make myself aware of the fact that living in the spirit having the spirit living in you you always have a presence of that spirit that shekinah mm-hmm. is present yes. currently it's not something that is far off like you said it's yeah something here now mm-hmm. and personal worship is the way that we engage with that present presence of god yes in every moment of our life yes every and moment is the every big word <laughs> and not just in a corporate setting yes but something we do privately in our in our own home. I heard it. I don't even remember where I heard this. I've heard it from multiple people. But I heard a quote one time. It says your your um, public worship can never be what um, something that you you don't already have as private worship. You can never be. Yes. You can never worship publicly in a way that you don't already worship privately. Mm-hmm. And. Worship can be so many things. I mean, yes, we like to think of it as singing songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is that is what our church culture has labeled as worship is, you know, you have worship time, and that is music. You have, you know, worship leaders, you have a worship stage, you have a worship band. Yeah, that's like one of my that's one of my pet peeves too. But whenever they say everybody stand in worship, but really, mm. like as soon as we hit, into the sanctuary, get there into the sanctuary. Like that should be when worship begins. And because so Shekinah is thing, there. Yes. Shekinah's not there when 
we begin the first verse of All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Yes. Shekinah is present in the sanctuary because of the prayers of the people that have, you know, invited him in. So to to try to break break down those pieces and say, okay, this is only worship and that's not we do a disservice because we can be singing songs, we can sing songs about God and not worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times I have a hard time in the middle of the church service, mainly because I come in so frazzled from something else. Oh, goodness. That's when I have a hard time getting into it. Corporate worship, honestly, for me, is sometimes harder to engage with, with Christ and to engage with who Jesus is and to engage with that presence of his spirit than it is for me to just engage with him one-on-one in my living room, you know, early in the morning with a cup of coffee, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. and But that corporate worship is something that I feel like most people have in their life more than they have a time of personal worship. Yes. What would you, if you had to explain what it, personal worship looks like or what it could look like, could you give a example of that? Well, it's constant communication with God. Mm-hmm. Is the that's that's the crux of it, because worship's not the method that we use. Mm-hmm. It's the object of our worship. That's God that we're communicating with God that we're giving Him that praise and that glory. And it can be you can use the most mundane tasks. Mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier that for me the kitchen is holy okay. ground at times. Because that's whenever I can fall into a routine and just talk with God mm-hmm. and commune with Him. And uh, Brother Lawrence is mentioned in Tell the, us about Brother, in Lawrence. Brother Lawrence. <laughs> yes, he was uh, in the 1600s, a monk, and he his big thing was he connected with God through everyday tasks. Mm-hmm. And his goal is to be in constant communication with God and. Let me just read this part um, where I was, I was just researching some on him. And it said, For Brother Lawrence, common business, no matter how mundane or routine, was the medium of God's love. The issue is not the sacredness or worldly status of the task, but the motivation behind it. Nor is it needful that we should have great things to do. We can do little things for God. I turn the cake that is frying in the pan for love of him. And that done, if there is any, if there is nothing else to call me, I prostrate myself in worship before him, who has given me grace to work. Afterwards, I rise happier than a king. It is enough for me to pick up a straw from the ground for the love of God. So in everything he did, he did for the love of God. Mm. And that, <laughs> that's something I don't do. Mm. I might have glimpses of it, but that constant, that constant that always thinking and being, you know, the awareness of it is really hard that we have to condition ourselves and pray for it and ask for it. And it's such a daunting task to to think about having, having that kind of awareness, having that focus. I mean, we are so easily distracted with simple things, with, you know, life, Mm -hmm. you know, an email pops up and immediately stresses you out at work. Yes. <laughs> or someone leaves a voicemail. <laughs> you lose a voicemail or someone leaves, leaves a voicemail. A voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you immediately, you know, 
realize, oh, there's something I have to do. And and your focus can be drawn from one thing to another. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with all of the tasks and we were talking about running around, even, you know, having responsibilities in a church for a corporate worship service, it can be difficult to stay focused on the whole purpose of getting together with other believers and communing with other believers. It seems kind of odd, I think, for a lot of people to think about living that kind of life, being yeah. in constant awareness. Mm-hmm. Does that, I mean, does it, that seem kind of weird? Well, it's not only is it weird, but it's inconvenient. Oh, because I like that word. Yeah. <laughs> because to be in constant communication with God often puts us in constant conviction. Mm. And so I think there's a lot of stuff that we want to do that we know that we're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if you always are connected with the Holy Spirit, there's always going to be that nagging little feeling. But then there's always going to be grace through that. Oh, yes. And And I think we get caught up in we just don't want to be made aware of our faults, of what we are not doing well enough. But the beauty of that as believers, and we're talking about people that had the Spirit living within them, Mm -hmm. there is this process of becoming more like Christ, of sanctification that we are going through. And the only way for that to, to work is for us to be constantly reminded of who we are who God is and who yep. we are in light of that. I mean, you talk about the fruits of the Spirit. It's not, you know, the fruits of my efforts. It's the fruits of the Spirit living in me. And if we're not aware of that Spirit, if we're not in constant relationship and communication with the God who is that Spirit, then how are we going to be bearing His fruit if we're yeah. not allowing that Spirit to work and to be present in in our everyday life? Well, and we don't, we don't trust God. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You're you're scared that if you trust God, you're not going to get what you want. Yeah. If I trust God, I might end up stuck out in the middle of Africa somewhere. Or <laughs> God might call me to a life of singleness. Or I might not yeah. get get this or that that I want. And we don't trust that he's enough. That, mm. that we'll be satisfied with just him. And so I think we fill our lives with a lot of distractions mm-hmm. to avoid having to get to that point of surrender and mm-hmm. and awareness. Yeah, and I, I I think ultimately God God doesn't want us to be miserable. Yeah. That's not he's not like let me stick you in the place yeah. that you're least qualified and least prepared for and that you would that you would really hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it you know, a a life lived in surrender to Christ, you know, having been saved, you, you've given up any kind of self-purpose, self-promoting purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have given that up and you, your purpose in life is to become more like Christ, to make disciples, ultimately. How amazing would it be if corporately, you know, if we, Mm -hmm. if we were on top of it, personally, that when we came together corporately and functioned as a church, like what would that look like? It would be an incredible sense of unity and not the unity where we all just have the same beliefs or agree Mm -hmm. politically or agree, you know, with the same, 
how things should be done, how ministry should be done. It's it's this attitude of unity that even when we disagree and even when there aren't things that we want to do um, the same way, our ultimate purpose is is this this Shekinah. We want and we pray for and we long for a presence of God in everything we do that others can know him. And that is what the church is. I mean, when you think about the early church in Acts and Peter, um, you know, preaches that sermon at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes down to these believers and you read in Acts chapter 2 um, about these this new church and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And it's this beautiful picture of these people who are of the same mind, of the same heart. And it's not by anything that they've done. It's because mm-hmm. what they have in common is that they have been saved and redeemed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that is how the Lord is working. And it's this unity that people are attracted to. It's it's that community that people want to be a part of. They see something mm-hmm. different and they want to be a part of that. And so these numbers, they're building their numbers and they're growing. And it's not because they're doing things to build their numbers it's because they're doing things to live in fellowship and in community with the Spirit. Because, and others want to be a part of that. Because Jesus is irresistible. He is. I mean, when you are genuinely being vulnerable with one another and being you know, real with one another and asking for the Spirit and surrendering the distractions and surrendering that want to, to be in control and you're allowing Him to be the Lord of your life. And I feel like we've lost that desire to know God more and to know him deeply because we haven't been personally engaging in that relationship. Yeah. We we don't see it as a lifetime effort. We see it as a one-time mm-hmm. coming to Jesus, being saved, going to church. Yeah. And there's so much more to a relationship mm-hmm. with God than that. How so how would you say since we've talked so much about being being in tune with the spirit, having that that sensitivity to the spirit. What are some practical ways that you would think we can do that? Well, first is praying for it. <laughs> because because that that is a scary prayer to mm-hmm. say you know, God, make me sensitive to what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of times I don't want to deal with what's going on around me. Yeah. Because that might mean being out in the grocery store and seeing somebody who's troubled. And who, having to respond. Yes. <laughs> and having to respond and take time out of my day. That inconvenience. Yes. We are afraid of inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And if we're being honest, yeah, most of us do deal with that. Mm. And then the other part is being available. Mm. We fill our schedules with so much stuff. And then we then that means we're able to use the excuse, oh, I just don't have time for that. 
but maybe clearing out some of our schedule so the spirit can work mm-hmm. a little bit more. So if somebody needs us or, you know, if there's, there's just something that comes up, we can take that time to deal with it because God will put people in our paths and he will put things in our paths to do, but we have to be able to walk an open path mm-hmm. to respond to it. And Absolutely. then just again, working hard to be aware and sometimes looking up, looking up from our phones, mm-hmm. getting out of the inside of our heads. Sometimes I live in my head a lot. Yes. <laughs> and so I need to look around and see what's Observe. going on. And see people. Mm-hmm. You know, even yesterday, mm. I've got an example. I was out at Riverfront Park mm-hmm. trying to run, and it was especially crowded. Really? It was very crowded. And what it was, a lot of people from Florida up here getting away from the hurricane Mm. but at first I was very annoyed I was just so because you had entire families taking up the whole path Mm -hmm. having to run around and weave around but I became really convicted in my irritation and say you know what some of these people might lose everything that they have Mm -hmm. besides what they've brought up here and I mean there's even there are a lot of locals too but it's like each person is going through something. Yeah. And God made each person and he loves each person. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how difficult or how how much they're inconveniencing me, instead of being annoyed each time I passed a person, I said a little prayer for them. Yeah, that's cool. And started thinking about that and trying to see them as people and trying to look at them the way God looks at them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean all of my irritation went away, <laughs> but I started to work on it and be a little more convicted. And as you did that first, as you, you know, prayed for that first person that walked by, it became a little easier to pray for the Mm -hmm. second person. Yeah, it does. And you start to look at people differently. And there are some people that are gifted with that gentleness and that meekness and that sensitivity. And I mean, I think I can speak for both of us that Mm -hmm. I am not gifted with that. (laughs) So it is something that I have to discipline myself and by the grace of God, he's given me opportunities to discipline myself and to, Mm -hmm. you know, and convicted me. And I think the biggest thing for me is personal worship, whether that is spending time in prayer, reading scripture, you know, journaling, um, whether that is music, that is just walking and thanking the Lord for, you know, what he's done. I've started becoming more aware of where I'm not allowing him to, you know, work in my life. And I'm, yeah. I'm it's starting to convict me more. And you mm-hmm. you start getting convicted more. And that's a scary thing. And yeah. That's the inconvenience we're uh-huh. afraid of. We don't want the conviction. But as that conviction comes, we become aware of areas of our life where we need, we need his spirit, where we need his grace and where we can work on. And as that conviction continues there is opportunity for repentance and for change. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be more conviction. I mean, that's the whole process of sanctification. We'll be convicted till we die. But (laughs) it becomes less scary to be convicted. It becomes, you're thankful for conviction because you realize that in that conviction, there is opportunity to know him more. It's power.
our guest today is Evelyn Cunningham, and you might know her from the choir. She's one of our favorite soloists, and she also has a long laundry list of credentials here. She teaches a Bible study class Tuesday mornings for Joy in the Morning. The title is You're Already Amazing, and so uh, if you're looking for a Bible study, ladies, you can join in that. And she's also a member of the Bible Survey Sunday School class and does the Wednesday night prayer before choir rehearsal. And she's also um, an attendee of the Forest Acres Women to Women Bible Study at Covenant Presbyterian Church. And she's on the board for that study group. And in addition to all these things, Miss Evelyn is a mentor to many young women. And so we are so excited to have you here, Miss Evelyn. How's it going? It's going great, and I'm excited to be here, especially with two of my favorite people. Um, we're so happy to have you here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so we like to just jump into things. Can we get a little bit of your faith background, your story? Ah, uh, sure. Um, growing up as a child, I, um, I was a PK kid. My father was a pastor. And, um, of course, I, I was in the church morning, noon, and night, um, especially on Sundays. Um, and, of course, having to participate in various um, church-related activities. My dad had uh, my sister and I to, to play in small country churches. And, of course, we had to play the music. I wasn't that good at playing, but, of course, being a pastor's kid, you had to do what you were told to do. At any rate, um, that's part of that background. And then one of the things that really stands out to me um, from childhood, my dad, we were always required on Sunday mornings to come together for family prayer. And I just remember my dad just praying fervently for us as children um, and um, that God would use us and his blessings on us. And that was impactful. Oftentimes I think about those prayers even today when I look at where God has brought me from. And then, of course, along the way, um, I, um, I was just a church girl. I really didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I knew about church, and I met the love of my life in college, and he was a church young man um, who didn't really have a relationship either, but at any rate, we fell in love, and uh, we got married. Um, and uh, a couple of years after that, we had three children that we raised in the church, but believe it or not, I still didn't have a, a personal relationship with the Lord. I knew church well. And it wasn't until I was about 28 years old that um, life was really, really catching up with me. It was so, so hard being a mother, being a wife, uh, being a church worker um, in various areas of the church. Um, and um, being in graduate school, working on a master's degree, just doing too many things. Um, and uh, I just remember feeling that I was tired and um, even asking myself, is this really what life is all about? Um, and having um, questioned, having that question, um, eventually along the way, um, I, I just found myself just crying a lot. You know, what's, what's going on here? And I didn't realize it then, but I, I know now that God was tugging on my heart and uh, trying to slow me down and uh, trying to um, get me to see that I need more, I needed more than just a husband and the perfect family. 
on uh, in the eyes of, of the public. Um, I needed more than the nice home. I needed more than um, nice car to drive, a mink stole, and all of the finest clothes to wear, as we could afford what we wanted back during mm-hmm. that time. And um, still felt empty, and empty to the extent where um, I uh, found myself one Sunday morning um, in the kitchen getting ready for church. I, I used to prepare my meals before church. And I um, was cooking uh, my mac, mac and cheese, and I was cutting up the cheese. We, had, we didn't have the sh- all the shredded cheese like we have today. We have, yeah, so I had to cut it up in cubes. And I remember crying that Sunday morning, just feeling like nobody understood what I was going through. And a thought just came to my mind just out of nowhere. If you're so miserable, why don't you use that knife and kill yourself? And when that thought came to my mind, I dropped the knife and I really cried. I said, oh, God, have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. Have mercy. And immediately the Spirit of God just came and said, I love you. I love you. I'll be with you more than um, to the end of the world. And I knew that it was his voice. I said, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And I was still crying, but I was still thanking him for showing up. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Later on down the road, I realized that that was really the first time that I realized that the enemy was trying to get me too. Um, um, and um, that passage that says that the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he could devour, but God stepped in right on time. Mm-hmm. Felt vulnerable during that particular period, but still God uh, gave me a friend who was a godly young woman, she was younger than I was, who was on fire for the Lord, and I shared with her my experience. And she and I would often talk and pray, and um, I found myself reading the Bible more and more and more. And I'll never forget reading the story about um, when Jesus met the woman at the well. And um, when he met her, he he knew all about her life and the sin that she had been living in. And, uh, but he offered her some life-giving water. And I remember that evening telling Jesus, I said, oh God, I want that water. I want that water. And I remember the lady running out and telling the people, come and see a man who knew all of these things about me. And um, they knew that there was something different about this lady. And I knew at that moment, um, with the process that God took me through to get me to where he wanted me to be, to ask for the water that I might never thirst again. And from that day on, I've never been the same. And what my journey has been, come see a man mm-hmm. who loves you beyond our imagination. And um, that's that's really the nut and bolts of, of the journey that God took me through without getting into a whole lot of other details yeah. but um um that that's it that's it it's amazing yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such a powerful testament to like the power of the holy spirit and yeah. just that kind of transformation mm-hmm. it's it's so cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how how do you think you've grown i mean since that time i mean a lot time has passed yes but what what do you do to keep things fresh too yeah, time yeah. Well, believe it or not, um, my life really has been transforming ever since. Mm-hmm. And um, again, the same friend that God gave me uh, back then 
is still my best friend today. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew after a period of time that God put us together to be that support system and that encouraging system for one another. But really what has kept me going is my personal time with the Lord on a daily basis. Um, sometimes it's a struggle to get to that place to have that time with him. But I have decided that morning, early morning was going to be that time. And God wakes me up every morning. And um, it's like my day is not complete unless I spend that time with him. And even if in, I'm if I'm, if I'm in a big hurry before I get to that um, place, um, I, um, I got to find my way back to him. Um, there are seasons when, as I said, things are slowed down. And... Um, but I know that something's missing, and I know what it is. And I just say, God, please get me back to that place. And um, he allows things to happen to do that, whether it's a broken toe to still me. When the word says, be still and know that I'm God, I said, I hear you, God. I hear what you're saying, or a hurt foot, or a hurt back. But, you know, God is so gracious, even with those kinds of things that he allows to happen. Mm-hmm. That's his way of tugging, bring, drawing us back in to where um, he wants us to be with him. Mm -hmm. So um, every day um, I spend time with him. And if I'm not feeling it, there's a scripture that I often say, um, if I feel extra tired and I say, God, I know I should be saying good morning, but I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like really even moving or saying anything. But the scripture is, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And it's like when I say that scripture, it's like I could feel my life coming back in me. And if that doesn't come to mind, um, or the, uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. God, I'm not feeling it, but I bless your name right now. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And uh, I would say that passage. And if that doesn't do it, I say, God, I know you're my shepherd and I shall not want. So really, it's really the word of God mm-hmm. that puts that life back in me again. And there's no place like it. Sometimes I let it lag a little bit too long, but again, he still draws me back. Mm-hmm just reminds me of what an awesome God that we really serve. So, so do you, um, it sounds like you do a lot of scripture memory. Well, most, I don't just sit down a lot. It's hard because my mind a lot of times is all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to sit down to, I, sometimes I use index cards and scriptures that are touching my heart, uh, tugging at my heart while I'm doing my devotional time, I will um, write down scripture. But a lot of times if God is speaking to me in a certain way, I read that scripture over and over and over again. And a lot of times that's how my memory comes. Now, I remember when my husband was living, he's deceased now, he and I would do our devotions together in the morning, um, aside from my personal time. And he and I would sometimes select passages to memorized together and uh, we would say it over and over and over again and usually the scripture that God would give me would be based on what I'm struggling with at that particular time like in Matthew 6 where it talks about worrying Mm -hmm. and I would read that scripture over and over and over again and I would think about the lilies of the field and how beautiful they are so you know um, God he just does it (laughs) he does it I think yeah. it's just a testament to continuous 
engagement with the word. Exactly. It's not something you read a passage, check it off your, That's you right. your mm-hmm. list, and then you're good to go. I mm-hmm. mean, you have to constantly be reading scripture, praying. Maybe, how would you encourage people? I know every believer at some point in their life has gotten to that season where they just don't feel like they can connect with God. Mm -hmm. They've tried everything. They've tried prayer. They go to church, maybe. They're very involved, but they still feel that disconnect. How would you encourage someone um, in that place to still get deeper? Because we know that Mm -hmm. there's still more to be had. Exactly, exactly. What I would do um, is really what the Lord has really taught me to do. Number one, you have the purpose in your mind that you want to reconnect because it's not going to just happen. And once you purpose in your mind, one of the things that helps me is music, songs that minister to my heart and to my spirit. Um, I would listen to various songs. One of the songs that I like to listen to sometimes is Open My Heart, Lord, I Want to See Jesus. And it's like that begins to kind of get me there. just songs that would just put me in a worshipful frame of mind. Um, there was a song that just woke me up this morning that was on my heart. The God of the mountain is the God in the valley. That just came this morning. I'm waking up and that song was in my heart. So um, I, I love to listen to music. I love to listen to messages, uh, um, inspiring messages in the morning. So I purpose in my mind that I'm going to be in those places um, with the music. And then I would, sometimes I'll just fall in my face and say, God, I'm not feeling it right now. I need you to do whatever it takes for me to get back to where I need to be. So really it all just starts out just being a a, a purpose, you know, a a commitment that this is really what I want to do, God. And you just got to go forth and reach out for it. Because what the word says, God says, what I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking and tugging at our hearts all of the time. And he just wants us to open the door to let him in. And once we do that, okay, he said, I'm back. Yeah, and say, thank you, God, and just begin thanking him that you know that it was his doing it because you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that you um, mentor a lot of people, and so you're in community. How important is it to be in Christian community? It is so exciting and so important to me because one of the things as an older woman that um, God has taught me over the years, that the older women are supposed to teach their younger ones. And I know the journey that God has had me on. Whatever I can spill out, I want to give it. And um, um, and so the various young ladies have come up to me and asked me, you know, would I be their mentors? And I would say, by all means, yes. And um, and I feel that God has sent the ones that he wants, you know, at that particular time. Some young uh, married ladies, a uh, few who are still in college, some who are out of college, just a variety of ages. So um, as God opens the door, I know that he will find the time. Um, and um, so... I'm doing a one-on-one Bible study right now with one young lady. And she said, I just need this right now, Miss Evelyn. And I said, by all means. So not only does it bless her, but it blesses me as well. Because I can relate. I said, girl, I'm going through the exact same thing right now. So God knows what he's doing. So I just try to follow the lead based on the doors that he opens. What would you say to someone who... Maybe they are caught going through the motions of church and Bible study because, you know, you got a lot on your list. 
And it can be easy to get really caught up Mm -hmm. in just the stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say to somebody who's feeling bogged down with that Mm -hmm. and maybe they're trying to reconnect? Um, What I would say is ask God. (laughs) And that's something that I, I mean, this, this list has been watered down somewhat. And God spaces it out. He works out all of the details. And what I would do is what the word says, what seek ye first the kingdom. And that's just not saying it um, and what I've started doing and saying God is this what you want me to do at this particular time one of the hardest things that I've had to give up is really on a continuous basis working with the college ministry mm-hmm. because I really enjoyed that but God says right now this is what I want you to do um, and that is right now to reconnect with the, the older women in the church but still he's using me with the younger women so he knows I'm open at any level but I say ask God and um, the Holy Spirit will tell you if you're sincere about it. If we realize that we don't have to work to earn God's favor, it's not about the works. Mm-hmm. It's about the journey that he has us on and that he wants us to stay in the path. Um, and um, I've strayed away from the path enough to know that I got to seek. okay, God, is this it? And um, so that's how I would encourage them. Ask God and mean it when you're asking him that you really want the answer that he's going to give you. Don't ignore the answer. And if you need it confirmed, he'll he'll do that in so many different ways. It's such a powerful weapon, I feel like, against the enemy. Mm -hmm. When we allow the spirit living in us to just work and we're just willing Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times I know for younger women or just younger believers we tend to think there's a particular recipe for the best you know way to engage with God Mm -hmm. that our personal worship that we you know keep having to add on and Mm -hmm. add this and do this and do this and do this Mm -hmm. and I just hearing you know your life story and the way that God's working in you right now and through you right now it doesn't always have to be everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just open to where the Spirit's working, that's it. He will move. That's right. It's the Holy Spirit. He is our director, He's our teacher. And um, wow, I'm so glad that God has taught me mm-hmm. that that's another piece of what He has left for us while we're here. And it's His Spirit, it's Him through the aid of the Holy Spirit. So learning that lesson is. Um, and money can't buy that. <laughs> it's a treasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other words of encouragement, maybe just for members of our First Baptist family that, I don't know, maybe just struggling with personal worship? What I would do is um, just encourage us to pay attention to each other. Mm-hmm. Remember that we are our brother and our sister's keepers. And um, if we see, if the Lord gives us the eyes to see that there is somebody who has a need of encouragement or just whatever, just be available to do it, even a smile. And sometimes we think, again, it is a recipe or a formula. It's not. It's just walking in the Spirit daily. It's that worship, living a life of worship, which keeps you in the Spirit. Because even as I was on my way here, um, praying and God you have a plan you've opened this door um, and thanking him along the way and when you do that and realize that it's really not about your business it's about God's business um, that we yield our lives to 
life would just be so much more meaningful. And I know it has been for me. Now, are there struggles along the way? Yes. Sometimes it does get hard. Hard seasons come. Um, But if we walk with the Lord and the power of his might, he will get us through those seasons. But still don't forget about your brothers and your sisters, and especially your sisters as young ladies. Um, Let's keep each other encouraged and built up in Christ. And know that it's not about a title. It's not about a position. It's not about how much money you have. It's not about any of those things I've learned along the way. But it's about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Keeping that intact and being available to allow him to use you. Knowing that you are amazing already and you don't have to do all these extras to get favor from man. Just be who you are in Christ and love on each other. Do what he's called us to do. He says love, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And just allow God to um, use us to be his love agents as we continue our journey. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. I know I'm so encouraged just Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. sitting here today with y'all. Yeah, and it's a good one to end on. Amen. Amen. And giving us some of your time. Well, this is a holy place <laughs> and I sense God's presence. So I think what you all are doing is really great. And there are a lot of great people out there, some unspoken people that you probably never even seen. Um that God will He'll show you. He'll yeah. show you. Well, for anybody who's out there looking to join a Bible study or community, we have a ton of those here at First Baptist Church. You can go to fbccola.com and check out all of those. The Joy in the Morning, all of that uh, men's breakfast and Bible study, real groups, Sunday school classes, all of that. And so it's right there on that website. People waiting just to love on you and take you in. So thanks so much again, Miss Evelyn, and we'll see the rest of y'all next time.